Welcome to Econa Day Unplugged. It is Tuesday, March 27, 2018. I am Ann Picker, Econa Day's Chief Economist, and with me today are Jeremy Hawkins in London and Mark Pender in the U.S. Yesterday, New Zealand's Finance Minister and the Reserve Bank Governor of the Bank the Reserve Bank of New Zealand signed a new policy targets agreement, or PTA, setting out specific new targets for maintaining price stability and a new requirement for employment outcomes to be considered in the conduct of monetary policy. There were two key changes in this announcement, one to the inflation target, and two, a creation of a formal monetary policy committee for the first time. In the bank's announcement, it it noted that the Reserve Bank Act is nearly 30 years old, and while single focus on price stability until now has generally served New Zealand well, there have been significant changes to the economy and to monetary policy practices since it was enacted. It should be noted that the Reserve Bank of New Zealand was the first bank to initiate inflation targeting as part of monetary policy determination. Uh, The new PTA takes effect today, and that's when Adrian Orr starts his five-year term as governor of the bank. The new PTA has to be signed under existing provisions of the Reserve Act of 1989, which has price stability as the Reserve Bank's main objective. The changes will be incorporated into the bank's legislation going forward by adding employment outcomes alongside price stability as a dual mandate for the bank. The agreement continues the requirement for the bank to keep future CPI inflation between 1% and 3% range over the medium term, with a focus on keeping future inflation near a 2% midpoint. The new PTA also requires monetary policy to be conducted so that it contributes to supporting maximum levels of sustainable employment within the economy. In the past, the governor had the sole authority for monetary policy decisions. Going forward, it will be in the hands of a committee that is rather similar to the Bank of England. Now, going forward, the RBNZ has agreed to a committee of five to seven voting members for a monetary policy message of the amending legislation to the Bank Act. Another change, which is rather significant, is the dropping of the word average and the inclusion of the word flexible in describing the inflation target. The statement removed reference to average, both for keeping future annual CPI inflation between 1% and 3% over the medium term, and for the focus on keeping inflation near the 2% midpoint. That about sums up what they're doing down under. 
Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think um, how a number of central banks now, and what I think we've got the best part of 60 or so now, which in you know, some shape or form have a kind of an inflation target. Uh, they all seem to be taking the view that perhaps just targeting inflation in itself simply isn't enough. Um, just an example, we're talking about the you know, Reserve Bank of New Zealand. Well, beginning of what this month, uh, we have the Norges Bank over here in Europe they decided that their two and a half percent inflation target was no longer realistic. And so they shaved that down to two percent. But they also went further, suggesting that you know, policy should be aiming for a you know, high and stable output and employment. So, again, you know, in addition to the focus on prices, you appear to be getting you know, more and more of an input coming from what's happening to the real economy. As you also mentioned, with regards to the Bank of England, where the setup is, by the sound of it, going to be very similar to what the RBNZ will be adopting. Um, we've seen some modification there back in 2013, when previously the bank was simply charged with meeting its 2% inflation target, again, ideally within a, a 1% to 3% range. But that also was uh, amended to take account of what was happening to the to the real economy in such a way that you know, it may be, may be perhaps necessary in certain instances for inflation to overshoot or indeed to undershoot the target depending upon how the economy is performing. So I think you know, as we look round, there seems to be you know, more and more flexibility now being introduced into the way central banks look at policy. I noticed, Mark, from your side of the pond... Well, uh, 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 Jeremy, I have a, a quick yeah. question. Did the bank say why, uh, New Zealand say why they were adding employment? They just felt it would better reflect the current New Zealand economy. And and as, as Jeremy just said, look at more of the real economy components that well, are important. Was there a lack of success in their monetary policy? And does this have anything to do with how stubbornly low inflation uh, has been this cycle? No. No. Uh, their policy had been working very nicely. Um, in part, the change came about when the opposition party was elected about six months ago or so, and they came in uh, with a proposal that would change, well, not change the bank's um, role in the economy, add additional considerations for monetary policy that would make it sharper. Is this a fundamental uh, victory of sorts for the, uh, the doves, the idea being that doves are more concerned about keeping employment high and hawks are more concerned about keeping inflation low? I, I, don't, th I don't think so, Mark. Um, the New Zealand economy has uh, performed re relatively well. Um, it's a commodity-based economy, so they're very concerned about matters such as lamb and dairy products especially. You had mentioned the election outcome. The election was won by a, a labor uh, party, I believe. Um, and uh, are were they more uh, uh, wanting to drive employment higher? I'm not sure what you mean. Uh, you, you said the um, central bank decision to uh, to uh, to look at employment now came after the election, followed the election, and I believe the election was won by a labor uh, a party. Um, 
uh, right. sensitive to labor. So is this their implementation of this policy to keep a closer uh, a look on employment and improving employment? I, th- I think it more is a, a reflection of looking at what other central banks are doing. And, you know, after all, how long has the U.S. been following employment as well as inflation in terms of targeting policy? And so, to me, it's a matter of joining the crowd. I think over here in the UK, one of the interesting factors was how almost introducing additional targets didn't work. What I mean by that is we say we had this 2% inflation target for a long time now. Um, but then if we go back a few years ago, the bank decided that it should start you know, looking more at some of the, you know, the real economy elements as instructed by the Chancellor. And they introduced uh, essentially a, a bottom line level target for unemployment. Um, the problem was, of course, that they announced, that if I recall correctly, it was 7%. So when the unemployment rate got down to 7%, the bank should start thinking about raising interest rates because the risk was that the labor the market was becoming too tight and so inflation was about to go up and in practice of course they got through to the seven percent level very quickly inflation didn't go up so they had to come out and revise down the unemployment target that julie went through that again as well and inflation still hadn't come up so they ended up having to abandon the you know the other targets um, completely so although they ended up with a more flexible policy in the sense that they don't just look at inflation they at least on paper take on board what's happening to the real economy as well they're trying to construct strain that by introducing additional targets makes policy that much harder to, you know, to really to implement. Well, did, did you should remember that this is a target of inflation. No numerical value has been placed as the target, unlike the inflation target, which has a, a range of 1% to 3%. There is no specific numerical char- target for employment in this case. It's just they will look at it and consider it. Right. Mark, so, can I ask you, uh, you know, that's a little different. Oh, yeah, oh no, it is. But I, certainly, I quite agree. And it's, it's very much the route the Bank of England ultimately was forced to go down. I was wondering, Mark, if I could ask you a question about mm-hmm. your side. Um, if I read rightly, and correct me if I got it wrong, but I think there's a lot of talk that um, the San Francisco Fed president, John Williams, perhaps mm-hmm. being one of the favourites to take over at the New York Fed. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Williams, of course, is one of these proponents of you know, introducing a price level target rather than an inflation target. I wonder if you think you know, that's a realistic possibility or side. I don't know. I'd, uh, I, I'm not quite sure. Uh, it's uh, 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 What exactly is that, Jeremy? Well, what we're talking about. What we're talking about here is, I mean, a lot of central banks at the moment, you have this 2% inflation target, uh-huh, uh-huh. be it an average or fixed one or, or, or within a range. Right. Um, now, that's all very well. But let, let's suppose, for example, let, let's take the Fed with your, with your 2% rate. Uh-huh. And let's suppose that they have, they're looking at, you know, this year and inflation is supposed to be 2%. Now, let's suppose that inflation actually were to come in at 0%. Right. So what do they do next year then? Under current policy they would have another 2% target. But since they missed the 2% this year by 2%, does that mean really next year prices should be allowed to go up by 4% to make up for you know, the undershoot? So the idea of having this price level targeting you know, effectively means that you have the flexibility around the target to accommodate for periods when you get overshooting right. inflation, mm-hmm. undershooting inflation. Well, you know, and that brings up this idea of flexibility here. And... Um, uh, increasing flexibility really kind of moves away 
from your um, um, you know monetarist um, uh, set of ideas where you can pinpoint uh, measures and look at measures. And the more you bring in something like you were you were talking about with Williams in San Francisco, the more uncertain really, and the more um, the policymakers who are are immediately seated on the boards. Uh, uh, give them more um, maneuverability or more say. And is that really um, an advantage when it comes to central banks? Uh, should they be uh, kind of fixed in a very limited way uh, or should they um, you know, be allowed to make up the rules as they go along? Yeah, it's difficult. And I think and also this, sorry. It, it seems to me that as economies evolve, looking at the longer term, that different rules may apply. And I think the banks have to be flexible enough to recognize that these things are happening and adjust accordingly. Yeah, but that brings in politics, doesn't it, really? I suppose. Well. I think the other question is one is one really a credibility. Um, there's a danger of always being seen to if you keep changing your targets, then do the targets really mean anything anymore? But at mm -hmm. the same time, you have to adapt your targets if they're no longer relevant to the way the economy is performing. Mm -hmm. um, one other sort of certainly um, suggestion which has been touted by some people in Europe is to introduce rather than a target purely for inflation, is to introduce a target for nominal GDP. So rather than looking at, you know, so currently the focus, presumably your side of the water and over here is what's happening to growth in terms of the volume of output, so real GDP. Now they're talking about possibly targeting the nominal level of GDP. So in other words, if, if real GDP is growing at 4% and inflation is 2%, the implicit target for um, nominal GDP would be 4 plus 2, which is 6%. And that allows you the flexibility of a mix within that. So you could have you know, real GDP growing at 3% and inflation at 3% or one growing at 5% and one at 1%. So it gives mm. you quite a lot of flexibility within the target. But of course, the problem with that is you could have nominal GDP growth of 6%, an inflation of 7%, which would mean the economy is actually contracting 1%. So well, I think this, just, well, this goes sorry. with the idea that flexibility is good, and I'm not I'm immediately, that's not immediately clear to me when yeah. it comes to the central bank, whether that is really an advantage or if that's just going to expose you to momentary political things where you can find uh, economic values that match whatever it is that you need to do for, to secure votes, for instance. I think, guys, just Jeremy. So I'll just say it's a very fine line to walk. <laughs> okay, now I'll say until next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>